0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, raise it, raise my a little bit Oh, baby, oh, baby, we're back again. Did you know that? Did you know that we were back? Because we are. I am who I am. My name is my name, ah, and welcome into episode, what is it, 53? I said 53 on the last pod. This is actually episode 53, okay? Episode 53 of shooting the shit with Sands, man. How we doing? Hey. How we doing? Mental health good? I doubt it. <laughs> I fucking doubt your mental health good. Mine's great. I love the beautiful woman. Uh, she is smoking hot. Uh, I get to see her all day, every day, you know. Is it exhausting? Mm-hmm quite exhausting to see the same person every day of your life. But when you actually get along with them, it's not bad. You know, uh, downfalls of living with women. You hear the same four stories at least 12 times a month. Uh, I don't know why I'll do it. And you're acting as though you're giving us new details to the same story. When women tell stories in such detail, it branches off into six stories. Uh, it's quite exhausting But I also had a mother, right? So we all do that. We all deal with it. You just take it on the chin. Um, I've gotten told the same story four times in the last 36 hours. I sit there, and I don't even say I know. I just go, oh, really? Oh, new development. Like a breaking news, you know? Just not good. Just, Just not fun to be around, to be honest. She is. The stories are not and women are terrible storytellers as well there's no comedy there's no different point of view there's no different perspective it's their perspective not even the other theirs the other person has no say in this story that they're telling just it's it's the woman that's speaking's perspective uh, no different train of thought no let me put myself in their shoes just the same fucking story over and over again and it's great sure love her though She's fucking fantastic. She's awesome, man. For real, she is. Um, she is hilarious, by the way. Man, I got to get her back on this podcast. She is absolutely no joke. She's one of the only funniest people I've ever met in my life. And that's saying something for me. So uh, let's adjust this mic real quick. Oh, yeah. That's much better, man. Woo. I bet it sounds better too now. Uh, but yeah, she's absolutely one of the funniest people I've ever met in my life, man. So funny uh but what but this is about y'all right this is about y'all i mean it's shooting the shit with me but i mean it's about it's about you guys right it's about you guys you know chilling with the guy the me <laughs> chilling with me man so what, what's up today man we're doing night. i know i know it's rough out there uh hopefully you got a job you know uh if you don't i feel bad for you but if you're just a bum sitting at the house go fuck yourself okay go fuck yourself I lost my other water bottle. Hunter, how did you lose a 64-ounce water bottle, they ask. None of your fucking business. How about that? I will lose anything under the sun. I will lose anything. I've lost my own nose before, believe it or not. Okay. So, today on the podcast, guys, we are doing some sports shit mostly. I really ain't got a bit for y'all today, you know. I give you a little bit at the beginning, hoo hoo, edgy, edgy comedy here. Don't really have much for you, right? So today on the podcast, man, I'm going over how great the Suns actually are. Uh, I'm giving. I'm, I said the whole podcast last podcast was it? Did I record it on here, or was it actually 52? I think it was my pseudo 52 that I had to record twice. But I'm pretty sure on episode 52, I said I was going to give you all my top five teams 12 times. I never did. I'm actually going to give you my top 10 teams, all right? And the Suns are obviously in there. I'm going to talk about why they, to me, have championship aspirations. And then I'm going to talk about the hole in the Clippers of why I still think they're not a Western Conference Finals team. And I know that sounds bogus or whatever, but I'm sticking to my, my laurels on that. And I really do believe they cannot make the Western Conference Finals this year because of this particular thing, which is the same thing wrong with a lot of teams in the NBA. And I have seven teams listed here who I believe can win a championship that all have mostly the same problem, right? And some that don't. And then, this is a lot, I know, it's a lot, it's a sports pod today, guys. Uh, And then we're going to get into what I think can keep you in the game with the Clippers. It sounds so obvious, but people are acting like they're a juggernaut and uh, they're not to me. They are an amazing team, and I, I'm not I'm not going to act like I don't see them going to the finals. I think people think they're going to ramrod everybody in the Eastern Conference, and that's just not true to me. It's just false. So we're going to go over why I believe that is, and my fucking philosophy on the new NBA is pissing me off because if it dropped uh, set Friday instead of today on Monday, or tomorrow on Monday, I should say. Yeah. Jesus, excuse me. Um, then, then I would look like a genius Once again I would look like a genius uh, I had this whole shit written out Right here Hold on This whole thing Focus Is it going to focus There you go Right here It's all written out It's all written out The philosophy I had And why the Nets would struggle If they faced the fucking Lakers In the finals And then it panned out Right to be true Right when I didn't get to drop my episode. So, we're still going to go over that though. So, first, what are we going to do first? The hole in the Clippers. Fuck it. Let's just go with the hole in the Clippers. Okay, so these guys are amazing at perimeter defense, um, which to me in this NBA helps you to a certain extent. Uh, but a lot of guys are just such good shot makers, it's not going to matter, right? And the thing they have yet to address, right, yet to address, one, they do not get a lot of point paints on offense, and two, they give up a lot of point paints on defense. They're middle of the pack. They're 16th in points uh, per game in the (sighs) paint. Every fucking Instagram clip is me not pronunciating words. Fuck! Okay. They are middle of the pack. They are 16th in giving up points in the paint per game. Now, in scoring, the in points for, uh, oh, fuck, I'm gonna lose my mine. Dude, is that not a fucking uh, tongue twister? Peter Popper picked the pickle pepper, Right? Points in the paint per game. God damn. (laughs) Shit. Okay. The Clippers are 28th and points in the paint per game too. So this (laughs) – man, I can't get over that. These these new teams in the NBA, man, they really have strung it out, right? The offense, they've spaced it out. They've made it all perimeter-oriented. And then in the playoffs, you see teams with James Harden, Kyrie Irving not successful. A lot of perimeter-oriented teams are just not successful in the playoffs anymore because, I'm just going to tie it into my philosophy moving forward with the NBA now, the Clippers can't guard the paint. This is why that's important. Who do you have to face in the West, right? you got to face Andre Drummond and Anthony Davis and LeBron James now. Filthy. DeAndre Ayton has shown some offensive capabilities and against the fucking Clippers, he showed he's 25 and 13, wherever the hell he dropped the other night. And that was off a back-to-back, right? So I think that would be a tough series for him. The Nuggets, a top... Right now, he's probably a top five player in the league. Nikola Jokic, right? And then if you go further in the playoffs and maybe you get to a championship, you got to face Joel Embiid, right? So it's like these teams... So, so I had I this list of the top seven teams in the league in my eyes. In my eyes, this is the top seven, okay? I got Utah, Phoenix, the Lakers, the uh, 76ers, the Clippers, the Denver Nuggets, and the Brooklyn Nets. That's no order, just how I did my research. Those are the top seven teams in the league to me as of today. Yes, the Bucs are in my top ten. I am sorry, they have to show me something. They can do all this regular season bullshit, and that sucks for them that they're not in my little narrative here. But it is what it is. So surprisingly enough, Utah. You know, we think of them as this hardcore defensive presence. They can, they can, uh, you know, defend anybody in the paint. Have Rudy Gobert? That is false. They are 24th in the league in defending the paint. Not good at paint defense. They're just not. The thing is with the Utah Jazz, and let me give my thesis here. Let me give my thesis. My thesis on this whole point is the NBA champion will be a dominant paint team. I, like, don't get me, don't get it twisted. They can, the Nets can score in the paint. They cannot defend the paint. And you saw what happened when KD was seeing Andre Drummond in front of him in the paint. And imagine that with AD on him or LeBron on him. That's that's bad. You know what I mean? You saw he's turned the ball over, couldn't make a play. It was really hard for him because he don't want to go up at the rim. Mostly against Andre Drummond, and he has nobody to pass to. I get Kyrie, or James Harden was out. Kyrie didn't play that many minutes, but nobody played a lot of minutes because it was a fucking blowout, right? So that's my real thesis. Out of the, t- I'm, I'm honing in on top 10 NBA teams. I'm not talking about the whole league because the whole league cannot win a championship. Do I think a team like the Heat can make a run again? Absolutely. Are they gonna win the championship? Probably not, right? But I think they can make a run. But these are seven teams I truly believe can win a ring. And why some of them will not actually win one because of their flaws, who could be a and basically have a very disappointing season. I know I'm backtracking, but I have to get my full point out so you're not confused. You get what I'm saying? So Utah to me has never been a contender. I said I was wrong about them. Fuck that. Fuck that, H. We stand right on our ten toes down, motherfucker. Ten toes down. Because when they're out in the first or second round, and I got my fucking phone blowing up, we didn't say they were contenders. We just said they were better than last year. Shut up. Utah Jazz and contender don't go together. You know why? They don't have that guy. And if you think Donovan Mitchell is that guy, you have no fucking eyes, okay? You have no eyes. You are blinded by some wild narrative, okay? Okay? Jesus. So Utah is horrible at defending the paint. And they're not good at scoring inside the paint. And the thing is, you see teams that get hot from outside, right? So I'll even bring up the heat last year in the bubble. We were scorching from downtown and you see it, the The main example is the Daryl Morey era of the Rockets. Those teams, and you're thinking, Hunter, that's so extreme. They shot 70 in a game. Bro, every team in the NBA, like the Jazz, the Suns, they shoot 30 a game. That's what we do now. You shoot 33s a game, damn near, and you move on. I bet if we saw the, the least um, three-point shooting team in the league, it's probably the 76ers. And guess what? They're fucking amazing, aren't they? They probably have some of the least attempts in the league, and this is me guessing. I'm not even looking at it. This is me guessing. And people like the Jazz, who just heave threes all game, depend on Donovan Mitchell to win one-on-one, and you're depending on – this is the same thing with the Bucks last year. You're depending on Joe Ingles and Bogdanovich, who is a good player, but come on now. You're relying on uh, O'Neal, Royce O'Neal to make shots? Like, you can't have that. You got to have some easy buckets, and when the time comes to get to the rack and get a bucket, and that's the Utah Jazz cannot do that right now. You know, it's all going to depend on if Donovan Mitchell can be that clutch scorer and that, that that dude that makes a bucket in the clutch. I said that before, and I just don't think he is. And then we go to the Phoenix Suns. Don't score a lot in the paint, but they are pretty. They're top twelve in the league at defending the paint. Somehow, some way. Now, don't get it twisted. Do I think they can make a run to the finals? Fuck, no, I don't. No. They are a great defensive team this year, though. They're sixth in uh, defensive efficiency. Uh, They're top 10 in three-point percentage, top 10 in points per game. Devin Booker's shooting splits is looking like 49, 36, and 86. He's averaging 26, 4, and 4. They're top three in assists per game, number six in least turnovers. You know, So what they're not going to do is beat themselves this year. They were a young, inexperienced team. And then we all see the Chris Paul stats, right? Do I have to repeat the shit we all saw on TV and Twitter and all that? Yes. When he goes somewhere, they win. In the regular season, they get wins and they go further in the playoffs and you expect them to. But they are somehow amazing at defending the paint. I don't see how because DeAndre Ayton is a foul monster. All he does is foul, foul. Foul. If he goes against Anthony Davis and Andre Drummond, that motherfucker will be sitting on the bench in six minutes. Fouled out. Fouled out after six minutes. Jesus. And then we have the Lakers, right? So this is why I think they're amazing. They're seventh in the league at points in the paint, right? Scoring. Now... They have a di- – the narrative shifts because I've watched these teams, okay? When you watch the Lakers, one, this is a crazy stat before I get into my next point. They are, I'll just say it. They're 17th in the league at defending the paint, so right there with the Clippers, right? And you go, well, Hunter, why are you shitting on the Clippers and not the the Lakers? The Lakers are such an elite defensive team and a top-tier defensive team at defending the three-point line that they're going to give up paint points because that's what they want. That's what they want to give up. They don't want the threes. And without LeBron and Anthony Davis, without them two, the Lakers have stayed in the top three in def- defensive efficiency all year. All year without them. They've stayed in the top three. Now, isn't that crazy? When you think about their roster, isn't that crazy? you got Montrez Harrell, Dennis Schroeder, Kyle Kuzma, Caldwell Pope, Talon Horton Tucker, Like, we're talking about guys who you don't think of defensive specialists whatsoever. But their scheme and the way they have to try on defense to stay in games, they're hard to beat. Just like right now, what are they? They're at like a 500 record without LeBron and AD. I told y'all, they're not going to be that horrible. They play too good a defense to be a shitty team. So with the Lakers, that's why I think they're still the favorite. Because you go to Brooklyn, they're 8th in scoring in the fucking... In the, in the in the paint because they have so many shot makers and things of that nature, a lot of lobs and all that. They got a lot of ISO scoring. But they're also, is that 28th, 20th? 20th in defending the paint. And people like Denver, ninth in scoring, seventh in defending the paint. They have a slow tempo, so you don't get that many shots. And when you do, it's not a good look most likely, you know. And they have Jokic. So that's what I'm saying. Teams like Utah, they're going to have a hard time with, with uh, the Nuggets. Like last year, they had an epic series. They did. They had an epic series. I think Michael Porter Jr. now getting a new role on the Nuggets has made them lethal. Over the last 25, 26 games, he's averaging almost 20 points a game on over 50% shooting from the field. He's really stepping it up. And then we have the, uh, the 76ers who obviously dominate in the paint. dominate depending on the paint. Top 10 in both categories. So, I got doors being slammed in my house and shit. It's getting crazy in here. So, that's the thing with the Clippers, right? And basically, I'm saying, once again, teams with dominant down-low scores will continue to dominate the NBA. And uh, I'm going to actually go into a little deep dive on uh, my little theory on the Nets next. But we're going to take a little commercial break, man. Thank y'all for sticking with me. Thank you guys for sitting with me through the commercial break, man. Um, You know... Oh, and I, uh, to start out this second part of the podcast, I wanted to say shout out to my boys. Doing it big right now. Uh, Jay Tots on, on Twitch already has a controller sponsorship, by the way. Got that shit in like a month of streaming. He's an amazing Call of Duty player, and I don't ever judge on the content you create. Now, if I shit on OnlyFans women, yeah. And I think Twitch video game players are the only fans of men. I think they are. They're the only fans for men. It's like, you know, it's the natural hobby. Women sit in their room get naked and masturbate. Men sit at home, be bored, and play video games. It's it's an exact parallel, you know, because this brain just works that way. I put in great jokes, exact parallels, and that's the only thing I can compare it to. But, you know, I just want to shout them out. The Lando Show as well. Um... Yeah, man, it's uh it's really cool to see them do big things. If you haven't seen it, go on Fan Perspective on YouTube. Landon has a whole draft special with him, Cowboys Talk. And, man, it's just so cool to see them get to that platform. Like, Landon's on a platform with 10K-plus subscribers, man. That Just like that. Just because he knows his stuff, doing his thing. And I want them to know, uh, mostly Landon, man, y'all don't owe me shit. No, there is no jealousy, envy, any of that in my heart. I promise you. I love seeing my homies do good and I'm I'm lucky enough to be a wholesome person to truly mean that. Like I truly mean that. They don't owe me a goddamn thing. And it's inspirational to see what they do. It makes me grind harder, makes me put out that compilation video, get the content out there and just, you know, do different shit. You know what I mean, and they're just they're doing their thing and it's cool to see you know Landon's putting in hard work with baseball and the channel, and like he finds time to do these things he dedicates his life to and it's so it's so impressive you know we only got so many hours in a day, and that dude gets the most out of those hours it's it's pretty impressive that dude's day schedule seems pretty fucking packed from a I'm not even really an outside point of view, but I kind of am because we're so close but it's it's kind of insane so you know, shouts to those guys, but, you know, <laughs> I got to get back to the best podcast in the world, you know what I mean? Shit, shout out to them, but y'all ain't fucking with this. <laughs> Alright, man. So, uh, I also wanted to cover the Dwayne Deadman move. Now, for non-Heat fans, you're like, what the fuck are you covering Dwayne Deadman for? But I'll show you that, honestly, well, let's just get into it right now. So, we're talking about a guy... Dwayne Dedman, you know, you hear his name and you go, "Isn't that that bum from Atlanta?" He played in all different places. Yes, he is that quote unquote bum. But I would, I would ask you, doesn't every good team have flaws? Doesn't, don't you, as a fan of your own team, see that little role that certain players play that fills a big void on your team? I would say, yeah, of course. So you think of a Maxi Kleba guy. Right, I think Maxi Kleb is damn good, and I think he's a very complimentary piece to the Mavericks when Porzingis is out. Because they, not saying he's as skilled, they do they play the same type of game. You got an outside shooter he can run to the rim, back up, and starting. You get what I'm saying? So there's little little things like that, or a Matisse Steibel can come in for Ben Simmons, and Ben Simmons is the best defender in the world in my eyes. But Matisse Steibel is fucking—he's top ten. Matisse Stievel's one of the best defenders in the world as well, so you don't see that drop off. You know what I mean? So there's a hole in this Heat roster, which is rim protection and rebounding. And now we have a big to assist Bam with, with defense. Um, and really having a backline anchor that can help you out. So I haven't looked up Dwayne Dedman's shooting splits, but I remember him being not too bad at shooting the three, so we're going to go ahead live on the podcast here and look up his stats. Now, I remember him being a very good rim protector and things of that nature from from watching him play. Uh, So we'll go through here. See, his stats are not bad, man. He, He does. He's not some huge play-a-lot-of-minutes guys, but we're talking about a guy when he was playing for the San Antonio Spurs in 16, Atlanta 7, 17 through 19. He's going in for 20, 25 minutes, getting 11 points, shooting 50% and eight rebounds in 25 minutes. And what do the Heat need? If you watch the Heat, you see, damn, we need some rebounding. And once again, I'm not sitting here saying this guy <laughs> – this guy is the thing that can bump us over the top, right? So he did have career highs in shooting while he was with Atlanta, right? And though the last two years I'm not really gonna count his career. Um, but he was shooting thirty-six percent, thirty-eight percent in Atlanta, and then he dropped off. Oh no, whoa. For a career he shoots thirty-three percent. I'm tripping, I'm tripping. Uh, cause he shot he started shooting it later in his career when he was asked to in Atlanta. I just saw he had zeros through his whole career because he averaged like zero a game. You know what I mean? So, but this guy is, he's a block a game in 20 minutes. I mean, if you like, for, if that's a start. He gets two blocks a game. You know what I'm saying? Once again, I'm not sitting here acting like he is a fantastic piece and he makes us a championship contender. But like I said, every team has holes that a little roll, a little 20 minutes here and there from Dwayne Dedman could be a, a big factor in. Our, our process to to getting another run like we did in the bubble or getting to the next step as a team. And hopefully, Depot comes back healthier. And uh, it was pretty pretty scary that he said, yo, my knee's kind of not as healthy as I want. One leg is stronger than the other. And then literally the next game, he gets hurt. That sucks. Mostly when we're starting our Western Road Trip tonight with the Trailblazers Kind of sucks, but... It is what it is. But yeah, that Dwayne Debbie move is a big deal to me. It is. I know it's crazy. But now we don't have to have Bailixa at uh, center or power forward. Cause er, like when he's at power forward, we have a chua in, really. Achua's a chewa's is Achua's a great pickup. He's high energy. He needs to be taught the game better. Once again, my girlfriend pointed number five out on the television and said, What the fuck is that dude doing? He's looking around like he don't know where he's supposed to be at. Cause he doesn't. He makes a lot of mental mistakes. He's out of control. I think Dwayne Dedman brings a veteran presence there. Uh, once again, when you got great rim protection, like the Heat are already aggressive in passing lanes, which kind of hurts us sometimes. But at the same time, you have that backline defender. It's going to help a lot, okay? So that's my little little uh, Heat review today. You know, I'm always going to talk about my Heat, man. That's my shit. I got the jersey on. We're we killing today. So uh, next subject is... My philosophy on how how to beat the Nets. This is a, a quicker podcast, so I don't have a 10-minute a funny bit for you, right? Um, I think elite defensive teams will give this team trouble. A lot of trouble. So where's your sample size, Hunter? What do you have, buddy? Okay. Well, I saw three games versus the Knicks. The Knicks lost by two points, five points, seven points. The Clippers lost by four, twice. The Heat, no Jimmy, lost to them by four points. The Nuggets lost to them by six points, and we just saw the Lakers whoop their ass, right? Just saw the Lakers whoop their ass, right? And and you're saying uh, a win is a win. You're damn right, a win is a win. But I will also say... With these elite defensive teams, we all know this. The game slows down. There's one the the one there's only one ball in on the court is really not coming into full effect until the playoffs. So so you're thinking Kyrie, KD, Harden on the same team. You got two minutes left. Where are you going? Because these games are not going to be 135 to 140 anymore. These games are going to be 110 to 108. When you start playing the heat who have Depot, Jimmy, and Bam, when healthy, when you're playing Matisse, Theibel, Joel Embiid, who, dear God, they better pray they don't play them. They better pray they don't play the 76ers in the Eastern Conference Finals. I will mark it down, stamp stamp of approval. Stamp it. If they face Joel Embiid, win or lose, Joel's averaging 32 points plus a game at bare minimum bare minimum, stamp it. And when it happens, I'm popping this clip up on Twitter and saying, suck my hach. Shok That's what I'm saying. And from what I've seen, once again, this will go all the way back to my first point today. What I've seen in the playoffs, since I have been following basketball really close since I was about 13 or 14 years old, and then when I got put on the stream game, no illegal streams, none, none, <laughs> just streaming in general. Uh, when I found out how to watch all these games, I started being really balls deep into into basketball. And I turned about 19 to 20 years old. Um, and you're thinking, well, that's kind of late. Not really. I watched every national televised game that was on every every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Monday, Saturday. All that. Watch all of them. So, But honing in on your certain teams that you're interested in and trying to get a really in-depth view on, that became 20 to 21 years old, and I really started analyzing the game of basketball the way I wanted to with the effort that I wanted to, right? And since I have been in that mind space, headspace, whatever you call it, all I've seen is these teams with elite guards who are great shot makers – the Dane Lillards, the Steph Curry is an anomaly, um, the James Hardens, the Russell Westbrooks, shit, the Kevin Durants, uh, the Kyrie Irving. People, like, don't remember the Kyrie Irving Celtic days. Do you remember that? Him getting his ass whooped by the Bucks. Y'all remember that? Him shooting, like, 20% two games in a row. Y'all remember that? Because I do. And a lot of these guys haven't had success on their own teams. Once again, Uh, did y'all see Paul George and the Clippers and Kawhi Leonard also choke against the Nuggets? Because they get a lot more easy baskets because they have Jokic. Y'all see that? I do too. Y'all ever see uh, who else was there? I'm trying to think of like contested shot makers. Y'all are somebody is in their car screaming him, that guy, him. I I don't remember. Um, but there was a lot of cases like that. Uh, even a Derrick Rose, in a sense, where he got to the playoffs and he was good. But a lot of games were very bad when it came to, uh, you know, percentage-wise and efficiency. So, for as long as I've lived. Now, this is not I'm, not, I'm not honing in on them having three superstars. I'm talking about individually. You know what I mean? And maybe it helps that. They don't see a lot of double teams anymore. I never saw anybody double hard because I know he can pass. But it's kind of crazy. I'm over here trying to shit on the Nets when specifically I'm talking about them versus the Lakers in the finals, you know. And to me, seeing Andre Drummond and Anthony Davis down there would be frightening to me. Could you imagine that, right? AD is going to guard KD probably which is the best matchup you could ever ask for to guard Kevin Durant. I'm not saying you can guard the motherfucker. I'm saying who is one guy you want guarding him? Giannis, AD, and Ben Simmons. Those are the three. Kawhi, maybe? He's a little bit on the shorter. He's like two inches shorter, three inches shorter. Those guys are as tall, stronger. Kawhi's stronger as well. There's a lot of people stronger than KD. But that can keep up with him. That's a great matchup. And you're talking about no post presence on defense, nothing like that. It's just – I think when you bring up elite defensive teams like the Lakers, like the Heat, like the uh, – even the Bucks, like the the 76ers. I think I already said them. Hopefully I did. Uh, who else was I thinking of? What the fuck? I think I didn't say 76ers. Anyways, y'all get what I'm saying. And then you go against the – if you go against the West, really – I don't see many elite defensive teams out West. I know that's the narrative going around. I see one or two. Don't get it twisted. I think the Jazz are a good defensive team. They're not as good as people paint them out to be because they also have a slow-ass pace. And when you give up that many points going that slow and scoring that many points, it's very odd. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of – I just came in here and ran a little bit, just shared random knowledge that I was thinking about. Um, Yeah, so today's probably a 30-minuter. That's cool with me quick and easy uh if i got some jokes or something another random subject i'll pop in here and do it again but i'm about to go upload this uh funniest moment video i know y'all already probably seen it or uh, seen it get posted and stuff so but thank y'all for listening once again oh i have an exclusive announcement exclusive here on the hunter sands shooting this shit with sands podcast like news The man is back. The kid is back. The best football writer in the world is back. Not your father's football. Oh my God, the blog is back. I have an exclusive. I have announced it. He will be back this week. Now, if he doesn't drop, now he has so much pressure to drop his fucking article now. (laughs) He has so much pressure to drop it, and he must drop it. And I hope he works on it very well, very good. I love it. So, shout out to Chris, man. Y'all go check that out if you can. Go get that man's views up. And with that being said, thank you for all the support. Shout out to my creative brothers and sisters, all of y'all. Y'all keep working. All the local rappers, I always support you. Local creators, I always support them. I love everybody that fucks with this podcast and texts me motivation. It fucking makes me so happy. Thank you so much. But I'm out. The Pod Gold is out. Do.